Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to Legend Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for the short and sharp Barcelona circuit stage at the end of Ultra Catalonia. Finishes really, really early. It's the earliest we've ever recorded a, a pod, I think. And it's 138 kilometers long. They do it, I think, hopefully, so that everyone can watch the final of Genfevelhem. It has a climb at the start, 5.4k, 6% to let the brake form nicely in the northwest of Barcelona. Then a flat run in where some two intermediates will be gobbled up by the brake through Yobregat. And then five repetitions, six even, if I can count properly, of the Mondeuil circuit, which is a punchy little climb. It's got the first gate 5% flat, and then the last 700 meters at 11%. Very punchy, a very fast descent afterwards. Good road surface, wide road around the circuit here. Lots of crowds out, lots of riders, uh, friends, family, and and partners uh, usually come and because then they drive back to Andorra or Girona afterwards. So it's a great stage. <laughs> um, Remco 10 seconds back. Benji, I did the quick maths last night. On stage finishing positions, if Remco won the stage, Roglic would have to finish 10th or worst. So really, Remco had to gap Roglic today to win GC. Exactly. And next to that, the intermediate sprints in the stage were like both of them in the middle of the stage, which terrible means that they're spot. Yeah. bloody terrible. Add them in the Montjuic circuit, like at the top, on top of, of two hills. Imagine. Oh, that would be amazing. I think at some point in the past, there, it might have been on one of the climbs, if I recall correctly, in one of the years. But that being said... Break up the road at the start of the stage. And it was a pretty strong breakaway, I would say. Carlos Verona, Yo Martin, Biscara, Bouchard, Carapaz, Ethan Hater, De La Cruz, Carr, and Girmay. So the only two with two riders in there was Carapaz and Carr for EF. Ethan Hater being in there, interesting. His form hadn't been that great this week, I would say. So I wasn't necessarily seeing him uh, survive these climbs at the level of the better climbers in this race. But at least he's trying something. So that's, uh, that's something, I guess. Anyway, we knew that the stage was going to happen here throughout the Mondrick circuit. Eh? What did you do before we got to the Mondrick circuit? What did I do? Yeah. Nothing. I walked over <laughs> around the block. He saw his friends. Um, went to the Man, bakery. That was the, the perfect segue for a Zwift part segment. <laughs> no, I'm going to Zwift after this. <laughs> the Zwift plugs, we don't just make it up. It's like, yeah, I'm going to Zwift after this. That's how I planned it out. I laid out a lazy Sunday morning. I'm not going to lie to the audience. I did nothing. I walked over around the block, went to the bakery, had a coffee and watched Catalonia. Like, yeah, but afterwards I will be jumping on the Zwift because I've, I've actually noticed I'm, and probably a lot of people are similar, but mm -hmm. I've been tracking it now. Like my mood if I don't do over 40 minutes like exercise, even at low intensity, even though I'm just spinning around Watopia, it really drastically affects my mood. 
uh, afterwards. So maybe I should have done it before the pod. So I was in a good mood for you, Benji. Maybe that's why you're like, why is he in a good mood if he hasn't done any exercise? Um, but yeah, if you want to check out Zwift, it's a perfect platform to keep on top of your fitness goals, particularly when it's windy, rainy, like where Benji usually lives where Hen Fablehem is, yeah, not in the UK now, but still, if you're in the UK, probably should get a Zwift subscription. You can get a free seven-day trial through Zwift.com through the link down below. But this stage is very straightforward. Quick step, we're going to do exactly what they've been doing all week. They are going to control the break because they need the bonus seconds at the finish. And so this strong break, they basically burnt uh, Seri and Vivaka on the flat running. And that was hard for them because... The break was strong and it was cooperating. Like those guys in that break were good riders and it was eight or plus riders deep. So they've kept that break at first it was 130. They wiped 30 seconds off it. They then entered the circuit and like Carapaz and David de la Cruz are already messing it up. So the break gave up because they were kept so tight by Quickstep. But Quickstep then don't have too many riders left. And it's just obvious. Quickstep are going to launch Remco not on the last, not on the second last. Yeah. It's going to be early because they already used Masnada Benji and it was like hit on the second lap of Monjuith. Yeah, indeed. We look at those Monjuith climbs and on the first one we see Quickstep pass. We see that Von Welder is in the wheel of Remco and I was like, is this temporary or is this an attempt to keep Roglic off the wheel of Remco at this point in the race? Spoilers, it was temporary. They switched around at some point in the next few circuits. But... We see from that point on, it was them pacing basically. And on the second Monjuit climb, like you mentioned, Jan Hirt is being used. And we see that Kataneo is behind Hirt. Then it's Remco, then it's Von Wilder. And you see on that second Monjuit, Remco go into his radio and shout at it. And then Hirt ups the tempo there. So clearly, there were instructions to go hard on the second Monjuit by Jan Hirt. He, he punched in the tempo, people were dropping. And we were looking at Cataneo taking over on the steep part of that second Monjuit. Now, no attack yet, because Von Wilder is still there. And we notice towards the third Monjuit that Cataneo goes hard in the run-in. And we see behind him, Von Wilder and Remco switch positions. So, for me, this is like a two-phoned-in attack. But, like, can you do a non-phoned-in attack on this circuit? Because, like, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the next climb the thing, is going to be the like... attack, eh? Like planning last night, we <laughs> were, you know, discussing the stage with Yumbo. Is like, there's only so much you can do on this stage. It's not like Remco is um, Savile Deli and he's going to attack on the descent. I mean, maybe, I mean, it's, I think it's what you said yesterday, Benji. Attacking on the hard, steep part's too obvious. Yeah. Because Roglic is going to be right on the wheel. And that's exactly what happens. Like, Roglic is glued to Remco's wheel. And also, this race, Remco's put Roglic in the most difficulty, not when it's been steepest. On La Molina, when he had that long close on the 4% gradient, yeah. that seemed to really fry Roglic. So, yeah, it's almost like the most obvious place to attack is where Quickstep did it. It's also, it is the steepest part of the course. If you, you have to be better. Remco can only win GC if he's significantly better than Roglic on this stage. And... Roglic has come into good shape. So, I mean, we knew it was going to happen. We knew he was going to try. Um, but Roglic would have to really crack. And we're not in France. Exactly. And you can start thinking outside of the box and think, oh, where can Remco attack where Roglic doesn't expect it? But it's also a bit less effective 
in those mm. editions. Because if you say, oh, he's going to attack on the flat, what is he going to do? Is he going to attack the peloton with still four Yumbo riders before we get to that third Monjuit? That's not going to work out. So you'd have to like fake an attack on one climb and then in the, in the flat section afterwards, make the move. But then there's so many people that might have recovered in the descent to follow you. So it's really not simple to make this move here. And we see no. the move happen on the Monjuit climb. But Welder is the, is the final pull on the steeper section before Remco punches away, but it's not necessarily like the most brutal attack, right? It's like a, an attack where he ups the tempo a bit and Roglic and Soler can follow and the rest can't follow. But it's not like the, the attack where he's like, vroom, 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 like Liege at the top of the drops, right? Yes, but it's also on a flatter part. Yeah. That's also, I thought he was, you remember in Pace Vasco last year, stage four or five, when he was with Philippe, and there was a steep climb and then it leveled off to false flat. And it was one of the yep. stages where he was kind of helped. And he attacked after the steep bit. I thought he was going to basically bait on the steep part of Monjuith and mm -hmm. just at the top do the Liège sprint yeah, and try and get separation that way and go around Van Wilder, cut off the draft your wheel, turn it into a sprint, whatever. Um, but he didn't. And also, it's very, very difficult, like... Primoz Roglic on a sunny Barcelona circuit like this is also pretty good. Like the guy's won Giro yeah. Emilia, he's won Milano Torino. Like he's very good on these sort of circuits. And so Remco tried. Soler bridges across on the descent. I was I called Soler yesterday. I thought I thought Remco wouldn't pace Roglic so much, and Soler would be able to counter them on on the descent, and that would have been glorious for me, glorious for Soler, dishonorable that they didn't. And Remco paces. Ro Roglic gives him, and this is what I sort of suggested yesterday. Roglic gives him like a symbolic turn, I would say. It's not a real turn, at least for the yeah. first couple of Monjuith circuits when they're on their own. Yep, indeed, a few of those. Like first, it was one turn. I was thinking, okay, he's actually relaying with Remco, but. I was also expecting it to stop pretty soon after because maybe the car would pop in or maybe it was just a symbolic turn like you mentioned to say, okay, I'm doing 10% of the turns just because I kind of feel bad for you. Yeah. But you're going to have to do most of the work. And we see a bit later that Remco once again has to complain a bit because Roglic stops taking over. And when it comes to the complaining, I'm not against the initial complaining. Complain once or oh, twice. Oh, you ask the question. Yeah, you got to complain once or twice to put a bit of mental pressure on everybody and see... Do they snap? Do they do anything? But if that doesn't work, then you continue doing what your plan is. And the question is, what is the plan here? There's only two options, I feel like. There's actually not much Remco can do from this situation at this point in the race, if I see it. Either he stops starts attack on the hills, which is risky with the group behind, but I wouldn't care too much about the group behind because you can drop him on the last hill anyway. And he's like a minute ahead of Almeida in third. Yes. Like he's got a margin to play with. Or the other option is you do a signature move, which he does so many times, which is you just keep on riding all out. You hope that it puts pressure on Roglic throughout the entire parkour. And if it doesn't, you stop pacing at the top of the last Monjuic and you go for the stage. I was, to be honest, like, I like Remco, but this week, he and Quickstep didn't really have a plan B in any scenario. They had the plan, we're going to launch him here. Oh, it didn't work. What now? Like, there's no... Because you can't just expect to drop Roglic off the wheel first attack yeah. today. That's not how cycling... Well, at least it'd be great if he could, but I wouldn't expect it to happen. I think he should have gambled with Chaos behind. 
like that's your only option at this point. Like Roglic is going to be happier. First of all, if Roglic goes to the line with you and Soler on the same time, that's great. He doesn't even need to contest the sprint. He comes third. Yeah. He loses six seconds. He wins GC. If it's a big group behind, Hinley's going to attack. Crone might attack. Rouget Adria might attack. Almeida. You know, a bit of chaos. And listen, Roglic, he might cra- he's more likely to crash. He has to contest the sprint. I think he's more like, and also just conserve, try a full gas sprint again next Monjuith. I think riding like he did with basically Colbrelli in the wheel and Euro champs, he's not really devised an alternative strategy to that. Agreed. What I see as a potential option is a really risky strategy, but I would have enjoyed seeing it play out here to see how Roglic might respond in a Giro, for example. What would Roglic do if Remco, with Roglic in the wheel, doesn't respond to attacks by Soler and lets him ride off 50 seconds, a minute, 100%. a minute 10? That puts Roglic under pressure. And then Roglic has sure. to ride and he can attack from his wheel. But it's a scenario where you might see Bahrain starting to pace, which might ruin your entire race and might make you feel like you didn't do anything at the end of the day if it doesn't work out. Oh, oh actually, Soleil was on two minutes. That's, oh, that's, that's so big. <laughs> that I, I agree. Like, try something different. Try something different. Just pacing at 80%, 90% with Roglic in the wheel is not going to go for GC. Now, I'm, we're talking third and second Monduith. Eventually, Remco goes hard again. On the second last Monjuith, yeah. that drops Soler. He's got uh, Primoz still in the wheel. I will say, I'll say it again, Remco's descending didn't look too flash hot. And yeah. Primoz definitely wanted to take front position on the descents and was quicker downhill, maybe a bit too quick. I think Remco dropping Soler there is to get rid of him for the stage. I think so as well. And, well, that's a pretty obvious conclusion and I fully agree with you. And we see them continue a bit, and then Emko keeps on riding a bit. And now we feel like Roglic is doing a bit more turns now and then, because the danger for GC is less at this point. So he's like, I might as well turn a bit. I, I feel confident that I can follow him any attack that follows on the next Monjuit. But then we look at the group behind for a second, where we see that between, well, before the second Monjuit, Almeida's closing any attack behind the Solaire group. He's like going to the wheel of a certain rider that is attacking and sits on the wheel that attack stops, and UAE does that with three riders sitting behind the first rider that is pacing. So, good work by UAE, teamwork behind Soler, and then, then we get over the second Monjuit, and then it changes. <laughs> then everything turns around, because certainly, Adam Yates is starting to pace on the last Monjuit, with Almeida in his wheel, and well, when Adam Yates is off the back, Almeida keeps pushing, and they're basically about to catch Soler on the top of the last Monjuit. Before we get to like the discussing Remco versus Roglic, what did you feel about this uh, switch in strategy? Was this Almeida saying, fuck this, I want my third spot? I think Almeida didn't want to get attacked. Uh, I, but he's got, I'm checking from yesterday, 48 seconds on Lander. So I guess Soleil got his chance to go up clear. Once he got dropped, Almeida has no responsibility anymore to protect him. So he rode to protect his own GC. Which I think is fair enough. Like, I think when Soler was with the group, he didn't do anything yeah. untoward towards Soler. So, anyway, last Monjuith, Remco kind of just paces. 
Afterwards, Roglic takes the front on the descent. Roglic also starts to take over 50% of the pulls into the finish. He's just keeping the pace up so they can go to the finish. And what could have been a really explosive stage, kind of. I mean, I want a Soler to win, but he got dropped, <laughs> unfortunately. And then they come into the finish. We're like, ooh, Roglic is leading him out. He doesn't need to lead him out. And he starts pacing. He keeps pacing. I see 200 meters to go, 150 meters to go. He doesn't really get into the drops. And Remco comes past him sprinting, and Remco wins the stage. Big celebration, but Roglic clearly gifted the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Roglic clearly gifted that stage. Well, you can argue that you don't know if Roglic would have won the sprint with Remco being in his wheel in that descent in the first place, but Roglic might not have been in first position in the first place if he didn't want to give the stage on paper. But there's a few options here. Either they agreed after the second loss, Munjwit that Remco just wants the stage at this point because he doesn't feel like he's going to drop Roglic. But my argument there is, what does Remco have to negotiate here? Like, what can Remco offer to Roglic here? Except for, I won't attack on the next Munjwit, which Roglic should feel confident that he can follow anyway at this point. So, Roglic should not have gifted the stage. This is disgusting. And I want to I think Roglic should have gifted it. <laughs> It's the alpha move. He's like, I don't care about this this stage. Like, have the stage if it means so much to you. What's crazy you can also is the look at it differently. He didn't dare to sprint with Remco. Yeah, you can't <laughs> crash if you don't sprint. I guess. I mean, yeah, as you tweeted, like Gino made us like, are you kidding? What the hell? But the difference is Remco pulled. I don't know. Like, <laughs> most riders have never won a world tour race. A lot of riders, and winning a world tour race would be their dream. But Remco's celebration, a little bit much, I think, for a gifted stage. I was like, and I, I to the point where I don't know if he knew it was gifted. Yeah. Like, is that possible that Roglic just thought to himself, I don't care, I just want to get second? I don't think there point. was a verbal agreement. Okay, well, then, then you also can't expect Remco to not celebrate once he flies past Roglic. I mean, I come on, like, Roglic didn't even try. Like, he thinks Roglic couldn't... He thinks he just walked past Roglic. <laughs> like, oh. it was clearly gifted. A bit of it, it's like, what, Lance gifted Von Tudor to Pantani, but never made it, like, clear. Like, there was no... He just decided to do it. And I think it's a bit of mind games, but it's... I think it's mind games, but also, in reality, I think it's Roglic being like, he's tried yesterday. I was really negative yesterday, correctly, but I was negative yesterday. He's done most of the work today. Here you go, have a stage. I've already won two. Exactly. Now, the next alpha move would be going to the press, go to the media interview and be like, oh, I just felt it was uh, correct to give to Remco the stage after all the work he did. After Remco celebrated the victory. As <laughs> no, if I don't sprinted. think he'll do that. He'll be like, <laughs> He won't do that. I don't um, think so either, but, but that would be a snake move. That would be a Nibali move. Before, like, Nibali would do that shit. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, interesting to see the two, the mind games and everything happening before the Giro d'Italia. Edinburgh winning the stage ahead of Roglic. Soler still sits in third. Stays ahead of the group. Corbin Strong wins the sprint for fourth. GC. Oscar only was intense, so I don't know why they sent him in the break. This week, he should have been trying for a GC position on DSM, but yeah, he was very strong on the finish. Uh, GC, absolutely no changes in the top 10. So this stage kind of looks like the Pyrenees stage, but it really 
the huge gaps and swings rarely happen on this. The weather's too good. The stage or climb isn't long enough. And so, yeah. And, and the climb's also in all in the last hour of the stage. So maybe we hyped it up a little bit too much. At least David Nepal tried. And I think after the Vuelta last year, Benji, it's now 1-1. To Roglic, and also Roglic will be leaving this race with a lot of confidence, uh, yep. particularly after he wasn't, I mean, he still won GC at Torreno, but this was a much more impressive performance than in Torreno Adriatico. Exactly. I still believe that he wouldn't have won on Sassoteto at all if there was no headwind. Mars would have won that stage very likely, or Ciccone, depending on his form that day, because he was also good that day and here in Catalonia as well. So we've seen a significant step up from Roglic from that level. Because I feel like a lot of factors played into Roglic stage wins at Tirreno, also in the in the hilly um, Muro stage, where a lot of tactics of other teams were very abysmal, looking at UEA. But um, that doesn't mean he didn't deserve the victory there, because he was still the strongest in the group sprints, and that group sprint will matter still. Do you think that we will still see nothing of the form of Roglic towards the Giro, and whether that will make the difference in their sprint a bit bigger? Because currently... I see if they go through the sprint on a stage, it's sometimes going to a 50-50, maybe a 60-40 towards Roglic still, but yeah. it's a lot closer than in the past. And there's a lot of stages like Lago Laceno, for example, which is like a climb and then four kilometers flat in the yeah. Giro. All these kind of in stages where a group too. sprint can occur. Probably that's a stage for a breakaway, most likely, like a, a fucking Demarque in the break or something. But Demarque is probably going to win a Giro break. He's been in pretty good shape. He's been in the break yep. in Catalonia on stage one. Um, I think we'll see the biggest difference in Roglic on like a La Molina style stage. Like he wouldn't be getting dropped in top shape on that sort of stage. I know Quickstep made it harder, but the Watts weren't crazy on the final climb in, in that shallow gradient. So that's the biggest difference. But to be honest, in terms of his peak Watts, it's going to be very hard to improve compared to a low port because that was his best pure power performance ever. Obviously, low altitude, easy stage before, yada, yada, yada. But that was a PB for many of the riders because of the conditions. I see it more in the hard stages. Yeah. There's the margin for improvement. I think so as well, because if you look at the stages that came this week, we noticed that La Molina, where Quickstep based the earlier climbs, yeah, more kilojoules in the legs, was the one where Oglich really folded in the end. So there's also the fact that the Giro doesn't really have, except for like... Um, Campo Imperatore, or is that not the name of the climb? There's a climb where it's like um, a climb with 6% just at the finish line for like 28 kilometers at 4% in average, but some sections of 6% there are of like 6 kilometers a few times. So that stage, that feels like the only real Unipuerto stage in the Giro of my mind serves me, right? So yeah. there's a lot of just harder stage, like Transmontana is not a Unipuerto stage, that's kilojoules in excess with with the Quadica before we get to the valley, before we get to the Grands Montana finish. And then we see at Trichima di Lavaredo, the final stage, that's brutal. Maybe yeah. the time trial is the one that is most like, then again, they've been riding so much on the flat before. The final time trial, the mountain time trial. Yeah. I, don't, I still don't know what equipment they're going to use on that. <laughs> they're going to have to do a bike change, I think. Yeah, 100%. Um, the Tour de France one is a little bit more difficult to know what people will do, but... yeah. In terms of the Giro, this has been a very, very nice appetizer. Roglic has won six World Tour races so far this year. That's already one more than last year. 
he is clearly back and motivated after the surgery, after a disappointing year, it must be said, last year with the crashes and the level even in the Dauphiné. And so the Giro is, oh, I cannot wait. Almeida's in oh. great shape. Flashoff's coming in. Remco's got a point to prove now after. Thomas. Thomas. Timing is peak. He's got Tour of the Alps. Tour of the he Alps will know. He keeps saying it. He keeps saying no, it. No, he but- has to. He always wins his last stage race. Tour of the Alps. We don't worry about Catalonia. Tour of the Alps. He'll do the business. Okay. Okay. We'll Fingers see. crossed. Okay. Fingers I believe crossed. in you. Um, but yeah, it's, I would say, quick step tactically, a little bit outclassed this week. Must be said. I don't think they had a plan B. And also in the bonus seconds were crucial. And also Remco celebrating on La Molina. If that cost him a second, then does he have to attack like that on... Uh, what's it called, Laporte, and then that changed the complexion of the race. So they made a few tactical mistakes throughout the week, whereas Roglic, I think, uh, didn't really put a foot wrong. I feel like I would have enjoyed seeing more experimental tactics being thrown in the ring in Catalonia, knowing it's not the Giro. Yeah. For example, on the La Molina stage, on the Crueta climb, I would have wanted to see Quickstep try to thin down the herd on the Crueta climb and have Remco attack on the last steep section there, putting pressure early on Roglic there, even though he ended up winning the stage anyway, maybe the gap would have been more significant there. And that's a high-risk, high-reward play, but you can afford to do that on Catalonia, and you cannot afford to do that in the Giro. So, unless you're really far behind. (laughs) They thought he'd just win on the port. Yeah, true. Agreed. I I thought as well. Which is risky. Um, It is risky, but we all fought it anyway. Yeah, but it's just a lesson. Cycling, you can't you yeah. can't assume people will stay at the same level throughout a race or they might yeah. not improve or you'll take time then. Don't worry about today. Even though I'm stronger today, I'll get those seconds the next day. Very, very risky to do that in cycling. Anyway, we'll have uh, we'll go and watch Hen Vavelhem now, which is about to be kicking off as they hit and get into the hills. A very, very exciting state, uh, edition of Volta at Catalonia. We've been sport with Paranese, Torreno and Catalonia. Pace Vasco is going to be good too. I think one of the best the early season racing this year, stage racing has been unbelievably good with the spread of talent around the races. Just missing Ayuso here would have added a extra UAE spice. Uh, that was a shame, but lovely addition. Roglic wins, and uh, he's back. Until Ken Vabelham later today, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 